Hi, and welcome to episode four of my podcast. My name is Brittany Taylor, and I'm going to be talking today about pregnancy, um, fertility, getting pregnant, and vitex berry, or a chaste berry, I believe it's pronounced. So specifically what I'm going to talk about is my experience deciding to take vitex berry and now my experience weaning off of it during the end of my first trimester so that I will be off of it by the start of my second trimester. So I'll talk about why, yeah, why I decided to go on it and how I'm getting off of it. So it is October, towards the end of October now, 2018, and I am nine weeks pregnant. And my partner and I conceived in September when I was fertile in September. And that was always the plan. The plan was <laughs> for a long time, maybe for like a year, I've known exactly when I wanted to conceive. And it was just always going to be, okay, we'll conceive in September. And we knew we were going to be visiting the Northeast because we do a festival up there. And then we'd be visiting family afterwards. Um, and we had a family event. So that was fun to think about. But then it came to like July and I was just, you know, once I knew I w was ready to have this soul come through us, ready to start the process of being a caregiver to this child, it was hard to not just go for it, even though it felt so important to me to wait until the time that felt right for me. And that was based on a lot of different things, based on feeling like I was in the best space business-wise, in terms of my self-care, in terms of my cycle, in terms of our schedule and where we were gonna be in the world and everything. And this timing really made sense. But it was like, it was July and I was just thinking, well, we could also get pregnant in August and that would be totally great too. That would work out timing wise. And so I told Connor, my partner, like, hey, what if we tried for it next month? And we decided to. We decided to go for it for the first time in August. And so a little bit of background story here. I was on hormonal birth control, some form of hormonal birth control, from the time that I was 15 to the time I was 28, 20, 28. So 13 years, something like that. I was on the pill for a long time. I was on Yasmin, Yaz, Osella. And then the final six years, I was on an IUD, the Mirena IUD. Five years, I believe, actually. And I got that removed towards the end of my five years, maybe even a little bit before that. And I started tracking my cycle. So that was in January, a year and nine months ago or something like that. And I watched as my cycle recalibrated after so many years, over a decade, of having synthetic hormones. Like having, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And just an aside to that, like if I had known about 
how to track my cycle when I was, you know, 12 and first, or 11 and first started cycling, man, I just wish that somebody had told me because I would have been so down to do it. And I so, it hasn't resonated with me for a while to put hormones in my body and specifically before I went, before I got the Mirena IUD, I really thought about it and I just wasn't well enough informed about how to track my cycle and fertility awareness. And then I read Taking Charge of Your Fertility um, in the months leading up to having my IUD removed and it just blew my mind. Totally amazing, life-changing book if you haven't read it, although I think maybe you have. I, yeah, can't say enough about it. So I got off of hormonal birth control. It was January. I had actually started tracking my cycle before that, but it was kind of hard to see the trends because I wasn't bleeding at that time. I wasn't like having a period, which is common on the Mirena IUD. Um... So yeah, I really dove into tracking my cycle. I made a fertility chart, uh, which actually I still have versions of that available on my website if you want to download for free. And it was so amazing. It was so fun and empowering. I loved taking my temperature every day. I loved charting my other signs, seeing my cervical fluid, etc. And what I found was that my luteal phase was really short. So my body was not producing enough progesterone to have like a quote healthy luteal phase and not one that would be long enough to get a pregnancy rolling and that's because I was on a form of fake progesterone progestion I think it's called for such a long time that um, my body stopped producing as much progesterone as it needed. So what my cycles would look like is I would be in my pre-ovulatory phase, my more, you know, estrogenic phase, my follicular phase, until probably about somewhere between day 17 and day 23. And then I would ovulate around day 22, 23. My temperature would rise. I would be in my luteal phase, my post-ovulatory phase, and I would have like it started with just a few days I think something like three days and then my temperature would drop and I would get my period and over the year and a half year and seven eight nine months um until I was ready to conceive I saw that lengthen it it really it lengthened very slowly to the point where in July, when I was talking to my partner, the longest luteal phase I had had was nine days, maybe 10. It was kind of hard to tell sometimes because I would, I think nine is what's (laughs) to say on the safe side. And there were cycles I was still having luteal phases that were more like seven days. And I think that a 10 day luteal phase can be totally adequate Although it seems that common, commonly people say 12 to 14 days is more what you're going for. Um, if your luteal phase is like 16, 18 days, probably pregnant because your progesterone stayed high um, for longer than a typical 
regular cycle. So I knew that it was important for me to have a longer luteal phase for my body to be producing more progesterone. I talked to a really awesome holistic doctor and good friend of mine, Dr. Toomey Johnson, who I highly recommend if you're looking for consulting, and she does remote consulting, we do Skype sessions, um, around really any health thing that could be coming up. She's been there for me through such, yeah, she's just been so helpful for so many areas and she's been really helpful in this area and we talked a lot about what was going on in my body and what I could do to change things and I learned a lot about estrogen dominance and I actually even learned about that prior to going off of the IUD because I had been having a lot of symptoms of it and just realized that you know estrogen was really the dominant hormone in my system which you know works in with that I wasn't producing as much progesterone as I would like to be, would have liked to be. So there were other ways that I was coming at this. So there's so many great ways to sync up, to um, to sync up with the natural rhythms of our body and the natural rhythms of Earth, and that can be really balancing for our system and especially for our hormones. And Tumi and I talked about a lot of them. One area that I really was struggling with for a long time was sleep and having a regular sleep cycle, getting adequate sleep. And so that's something I've really focused on since then. Also syncing up with the moon and being more in tune with that. I find that my cycle naturally follows the phases of the moon and to be able to be more aware of that, to do moonwalks, to be, <laughs> that sounds funny, um, you know, to allow the full moon light to stream in my window around the days of the full moon while I sleep. And, and just to be, also when it's not, to be, I sleep with an eye mask, um, so I'm more in darkness. But yeah, just in general, to be more in tune with that, to be more in nature, to be more... Um, inward to be more attuned to myself and to my intuition to my more feminine qualities and then also to take some practical steps to help where I might have been having some estrogen dominance so to stop using plastic there were I was in Thailand at the time that she and I were having the session and there's just like so much plastic around it's hard to avoid you go to the fruit market and like the fruits and yeah just so many things so that I was having some soy products and that can be high in estrogen, so cutting that out and just in general focusing on more healthy routines in my life and and more yin and balancing. She recommended that I keep with these uh, routines and practices for a while and then you know, see see how it impacts my luteal phase and just my overall sense of well-being in my life. And it was very effective. And also, um, after X amount of time, I still felt like my luteal phase was too short. And so she and I had another session, um, maybe like three, yeah, about three months before we'd, Connor and I tried to conceive in August. And we talked more about things that I could do. And then she said that, if, you know, 
in three months of of these routines and really implementing them if I was still having a shorter luteal phase then I could try vitex berry chaste berry so Connor and I decided to try and um, conceive in August for funsies a month earlier than we had planned and we were in Austin Texas at the time and (laughs) it was really funny for a lot of reasons one being that we started really early just because we wanted to be super sure and because we started really early so basically we started way before I was fertile but like we started like the earliest that I could possibly maybe even be fertile and like five days before that because the sperm can survive in fertile cervical fluid for up to five days and um It was ridiculous, though, looking back on it, because we, like, I had never ovulated as early as I was calculating that I could possibly ovulate. So, basically, all that to say that, and we had sex every day, which we really didn't need to. We could have had sex every other day. Um, But we had sex every day for, like, a long time, over two weeks, which was just... I mean, we're very sex positive and we are very sexually active and also like this was exhausting on another level. So we did that up until, yeah, until I couldn't, until it didn't make sense anymore. And then I think very shortly after that, we went to the Northeast and we were planning to be there for about a month. We first flew to oh man actually it's not so simple as that we flew to the northeast for the woodstock fruit festival but our flight there which laid over in philly never left philly and we learned like early on when we got there that the flight might be totally canceled they kept postponing it and we had to be in upstate new york to set up the woodstock fruit festival we get there like four days early and lead volunteers in the setup of the festival and so we decided to rent a car in philly drive to rhode island which was like five hours i think six hours i can't remember pick up my sister because she was coming with us we'll sleep a couple hours if we could we got to sleep maybe an hour or two kept my sister and then head up to the woodstock fruit festival So that was really exhausting, and the trip there is exhausting anyway, but I I decided to drive all that. Um, I thought that it would be really nice for Connor to be able to sleep, and I generally operate better under little sleep, and I was excited about the drive and the adventure, and I was excited about, like, not having to wait around in an airport. So made those decisions, got there, and then we spent the whirlwind of the next four days setting up the festival and then the next seven days doing the festival and the next two days breaking it down so in there somewhere I want to say like maybe six days into being there it was after the setup of the festival before the the before like the midweek I got my period but what happened before that was that I totally felt pregnant and it was it was crazy it was like some of the symptoms which i described 
or some of the sensations, I want to say, that I described in the um, other podcast I did where I talk about feeling my my egg being fertilized and just like the crazy trippy experience I had really early on. But I also was really busy and my focus was on this festival and I was stressed out, you know, even if some of it was positive stress, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. I had a fever on and off, which I think was also like the beginning of pregnancy. So there were just so many factors going into play as to why I didn't sustain that first pregnancy. But it was, it was crazy to feel so pregnant and like to feel my breasts being so tender and raw and just to like feel this energy within me and within my womb. And I, you know, was talking with Connor and with my good friend who was in our cabin and my sister in a cabin and like, yeah, just being pregnant and sharing with them. And it was really exciting. And then it was really sad when I got my period. And I'm, before I got my period, I woke up that morning. And before I even took my temperature, I knew, like, I'm not pregnant anymore. I just felt different. And that was sad at the time. And also, I didn't have a ton of time to think about it because I was really busy with this festival. So what I decided to do right away was order the Vitex Berry. And I had it shipped to the camp and I was able to start taking it like two days later, which is really cool. So I was taking it for just about, I mean, however many days, like 23 days or whenever it was that I ovulated the next time in September when we conceived in the Northeast at this really sweet Airbnb I rented us in the mountains of Massachusetts. And it was, I mean, it was really nice. It was calm and relaxed. We had space for it. It was our intention the whole time to do it in September. And yeah, we did. We conceived at that time. And I was taking the Vitex Berry. So now, going forward, it's about, gosh, doing all the fast math. Um, Say it's two months after that. I mean, it's a little more than that because I've been, well, yeah, it's about two months since then, but I've been on the Vitex Berry for a total of just over two months. And Toomey's recommendation was to not stay on it for longer than three months. And also her recommendation, then along with other things that I found looking up my own stuff online, it sounded like It was cool to take it during the first trimester of pregnancy, but that there's not much, like, information about taking it beyond that. And I was just getting the feeling, like, I don't want to be having this herbal supplement in my body long term. And for all those reasons, I decided, like, okay, it feels important to wean off of it. So I decided to book another session with Toomey to talk about weaning off of the chase berry and also just about some other pregnancy things that I wanted her thoughts on. And we made a weaning schedule and also talked a lot about supportive practices during this time. And we also talked about fears that I might have coming up because I think that's so important whatever feels real for us is real and is important. So 
I'm aware that I'm always creating my experience around me. So if I have a lot of fear that my body won't be able to produce enough of the hormones or have the balance of hormones that I need to support this part of pregnancy, then it's way more likely that that's going to come true. So being able to voice that fear and being able to have real practical tools for that and also to be actively pursuing health and alignment and hormone balance in all these other ways has felt super empowering. I want to talk about a couple of the things that I've been doing that have been feeling really good for me. But before that, I'd love to talk about the weaning schedule, the specific weaning schedule that I created based on Toomey's recommendations and just making a little tweak for myself um, to wean off of Vitex Berry. And I'll be specific about this in case if you're listening to this podcast because you also want to do the same thing. So I'm taking Gaia Herbs Vitex Berry. There's 60 capsules per bottle and it's two capsules per serving. So one serving is a thousand mg. So instead of so like as I wean off, that will change the amount that I take per day, etc. I want to be weaned off by week thirteen, and I started this weaning process in during my week seven of pregnancy. So I basically have week seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's six weeks to wean off and I'm just about in week nine now so this is what it looks like the first week I took two pills two pills one pill two pills two pills one pill does that make sense so on like the first day I took two pills second day I took two pills then one pill so you can kind of see that pattern second week Two pills, one pill. Two pills, one pill. Two pills, one pill, two pills. Third week, I will be taking one pill, one pill, two pill. One pill, one pill, two pill. One pill. Then going into third week, it's all, or fourth week, sorry, it's all one. So just one pill the whole week. The fifth week, one pill, no pills. One pill, no pills. One pill, no pills. One pill, I should say capsules. And the last week will just be no, no pill, no pill, one pill, no pill, no pill, one pill. And then no pills the following week, unless if I'm feeling like, oh, I just want to take like one midweek. But I think I will be totally good by then. As if in this natural response to this decision, I've felt such an attunement with nature, which I've been feeling throughout my whole pregnancy, but can't even describe the way I feel synced up with the sun and the water and the moon and the earth and the air and just all the elements and being a part of daily balance and daily cycles really feels like so right for me right now. One thing that I've naturally adapted to doing is not using lights in the house really. So not using any of the normal like fluorescent lights in here but also just operating by the daylight so when it's dark in the morning and i wake up before the sunrise it's an inward time i'm doing my meditation practice i'm massaging my belly i'm 
I'm doing mental gratitudes. And as the sun starts to peek through the window or just get a little bit of light in, I'm often doing just some really gentle movements, some yoga and stretching. <clears throat> and usually throughout that, I feel like more light starting to peek in the window and I'm doing more, um, more movement, dancing and some handstands. Then I'm doing a meditation. Sometimes I'll do two. I'll do like a guided meditation as I lay in bed early and then a seated meditation at the end of my movement practice. And I'm just starting the day really slowly. I get outside. I smell the air. I look at the moon before the sun rises. I drink tea. I sometimes take a bath. Then I get into my day and I just stay really in touch with myself. I've been going into nature a lot more during my day, being with water, just grounding, getting my feet in the earth, being really aware of how I'm feeling and not overdoing it, getting a lot of rest. By like 6.30, it's getting dark. Uh, the sun's setting, I think it's 6.45 here right now. It's at the end of October and I'm in Austin, Texas. And again, I don't use lights throughout the day. So then the sun sets and what I've been doing is either completely just like getting in bed and resting by like 7.30 um, or I've been lighting a few candles or I have this really sweet salt lamp that I'll use in here. And if I wanna do some reading or just gentle stretching or being in this space, maybe some creative work. And that has felt so good, and it's also really helped with my sleep. I'm trying to get 10 hours. I'm definitely getting 10 hours horizontal every night and probably, like, definitely eight hours of sleep every night. I'm also doing more releasing work through just, like, natural expression. I've noticed I haven't been as drawn to my linear routines that I was doing before, such as journaling and charting. I've been more called to do art and play music and to sing and to be creative. So I've been doing a lot more of that, which feels really good. And just being super sweet and tender with myself. I've been feeling a lot of emotions, which makes so much sense during this time. I've also been feeling really sick, which I think I talked about in another podcast, just crazy nausea and exhaustion, just like feeling sick in a way that's kind of hard to even pinpoint. And so my body's been really asking that I tune in, take it slow, way slower, like 20% of what I was doing before. <sighs> yeah. And it's never felt so aligned to do these things. I want to say so easy. It feels like easy effort. I'm enjoying the effort. I'm putting effort into every day. It feels like work in the sense that yeah, I'm really putting energy into my days, but I'm not stressing and I'm not overdoing it. I feel much more attuned to my energy and, and how much to put where. And it just feels easier to say no it feels easier to leave ecstatic dance early when I get tired. It feels 
it's been feeling easier to not go to evening events here in Austin, which is a big, has been a big part of my life. Usually at least twice a week, I would go to an acro jam and those all start at 8 p.m. and go till midnight or 2 a.m. And by 8 p.m. I'm exhausted and it really feels like it would mess with my health and and possibly just jeopardize this really special journey that we're on right now. And I, with, you know, with our baby. And I feel like this is so my priority. And it feels like a benefit all around to be putting energy into this and into my health in these ways. What a gift, really, having this child is and all the challenges it brings up, like not being as active in my physical practices and as big a part of the acro community. It's just all things that are really good for me to be being with and working through anyway. So I'm, I'm just so grateful for this journey. I'm so grateful for Vitex Berry, this beautiful herb that has, you know, probably really helped support my hormonal balance this cycle. I mean, these last three cycles and also who knows, you know, it's, I also think my body's really doing most of it. It really feels that way. I hope that this has been enlightening and helpful for you. I definitely recommend connecting with Dr. Toomey Johnson if you are, yeah, really just wanting support in any area of your life, health-related, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional health. Thank you all for being here. I look forward to connecting again soon.